up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice-weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news, the most interesting topics, and some very interesting people with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor, man. Good old yeah. humor, man. Wow. And today is another one of those episodes. We have very someone very special in front of us. Yes. Who we have seen just a few weeks ago. Yes. But he's back because uh, got some fresh news. Got some exciting news. So welcome back, Ruyong. Yes. And some fresh minerals. I mean, or, or metals. Or metals on the table. <laughs> yeah, on, the on the table. Yeah. 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 Welcome wow. back. I guess this is when I unveil it, right? Oh, yeah. wow. if it, for those listening, Ryong is holding up two very, very uh, important pieces of... Recent. Uh, uh, recent. recent and important pieces of <laughs> yeah. uh, metal, which are... His yeah. uh, Sea Games silver medal. Yes. The one. And wow. that one you won it on, what was the date you won it? 11th of May. And wow. that was for the 10,000 10, meters. Yeah. And the other medal is for your recent one in... The other one was the one in Taiwan recently. So it was, this was 27th of May. So mm-hmm. about 16 days after the SEA Games. 16 so, days after the SEA yeah. Games. So like three days bef- three days ago. La. Three days ago, yeah. Wow. yeah. And that is silver for? Uh, 10,000 meters as well. 10,000 10, also. Wow. Do you hear, you guys I don't know if you all heard the clunk. You guys wear one each. Come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was Salt Bay, Salt Bay World Cup. We all know what Salt happened. Uh. <laughs> but you all heard the clunk on the table when he put the Sea Games medal down. It's heavy, man. It's heavy. Yeah, it's quite heavy. Yeah. Like how, okay, okay, yeah. okay. For just for, for purpose. Wow. It's like, it's so dense. I, I can't believe it, man. Yeah, it's and like, when he came when he came into our office, I told him, hey, Ryong, I was expecting you to walk in with like the medal and all. Then he took it out from his pocket. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. Whatever belt he's wearing must be damn strong because it's holding his pants together even with that medal inside it's so yeah. heavy man it's so heavy <laughs> and it's cool to see this because the last time you were on our podcast which was uh, sometime in April mm-hmm. we were talking about the lead up to the SEA Games la, yeah. yeah, where yeah. you were going to be running for the first time uh, after the past two SEA Games you were not yeah. part of um, and I remember you telling us that you had less time to prepare than you normally did six weeks right? six weeks yeah. uh, you had certain things that maybe different from how it was for the last time so when we were watching also from Singapore, you won the medal. We were like, oh, fuck yeah. And I think a lot of people online were feeling the same way. Mm. Uh, so so just wanted to hear from your perspective what that whole thing was like. Yeah, I mean, it was um, incredibly exciting last six weeks leading up to SEA Games. Like, you know, no athlete prepared for these games with like only six weeks of notification. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like you're going, like start getting ready. So oh, across all sports, you mean? Across oh. all sports, all nations. La, because mm-hmm. all nations only will confirm their team like, you know, Months in advance, like three months in advance. Mm. Okay, mm. so you're saying your your situation was the special one, the oh, six yeah. weeks in the whole of Southeast Asia. I don't think any athlete got a notification six weeks before that you know he was going yeah, like, yeah. to be doing sea games. So the last six weeks was, I mean, didn't really have time to. I think I think you guys may have asked a few questions the last time about you know opponents and everything. I didn't really have time to do research on any opponents because I had to out in my own fitness first. Yeah, you know, if my fitness wasn't up to standard, there's no way I can even worry about anyone else. So. Yeah. I would say that um, I managed to get into like ninety percent, ninety percent shape. Like in the in those six weeks, it was quite a crash course. Obviously, some things were missing from my final prep because you know it wasn't enough time. But I got into fairly good shape. Um, if you see both my races, I think I was right there with the in in contention until like the last lap or the last two laps. And I yeah. think that that was like the bulk the bulk of it. Like, I if there's one thing missing from my prep, I felt that. That last lap uh, finishing sprint wasn't quite there because I didn't have time to work on that. No, I had to, if, if you want to get in shape, first you take care of your aerobic fitness. You make sure mm. you are able to stay with the pack 
at a constant at a consistently fast pace all the way to the end. And mm. then the cherry on top of the cake is you're able to finish the race like incredibly quickly with a mm. fast last lap. I didn't really have time to build up that. So, um, but that's what separates sometimes medal from no medal or gold from silver. So, so that in mm. itself is a process, is it? To go from like, to train, okay, your, your baseline and then the last lap. Yes. Yes. And this is, is, is because of the six-week prep time. You just you just didn't have a lot of time to really yeah, uh, I think focus on things. I, it was a small miracle already that we could get ready to, um, you know, stick with the pack for yeah. as long as we did. And and in the 10,000 meters, actually it helped me that it was incredibly challenging conditions. It was very hot, very okay. um, uh, kind of humid as well. It was like a lot of the runners in that race, like, perform below their their usual standards. Yeah. You know, like yeah. um for the whole I think it was six fifteen guys who started the race, I was the only one who ran a personal best. Uh, like everyone was it. Yeah. So I, I was able to break my own personal best, whereas everyone else was just struggling to get within one one minute of their personal best. Some some ran two minutes slower, some ran one minute slower. And why why is that just the heat? The heat does make a big difference. Like it was yeah. 35 degrees the day of competition. So that's mm-hmm. incredibly challenging physiologically, but more than that, psychologically. But I would was... have thought they would have also come from like, I mean, it's all Southeast Asia, right? Yeah, but their personal best would set, were probably set, was Probably most probably set in better weather. I mean, even Southeast Asia, we have good days, we have bad days. If you uh, run in December in Hanoi, for example, yeah. you can get 15 degree days. Um, and it was 35, so it was like more than double. But, but can you walk us through a little bit of the lead up to the race? Like how were the conditions? Like how was your, you know, your resting in the village and uh, yeah, prior I mean, to that? Yeah, there's a, lot to, there's a lot to talk about on this front. So, um... Okay, what, what what I mean, what do you have in mind? Like, you know, let's say uh, accommodation-wise, what, what do you guys have in mind? Let's I mean, because go through? like what you're describing, like the heat, mm-hmm. we, we, we can't see, we can't feel it from watching it. You know, all we watch is the, the race itself, right? But like, uh, you know, the, the, the act of the fact that you, within six weeks, you were prepping and everything, getting your body ready. And then what, you know, how were the conditions of the village and, and the fact, oh, sorry, that you haven't been back to the sea games in a while and you know maybe you see familiar faces and you know how you felt like the night before the race and then and, and in terms of like how do you manage to even get sleep and all the things like that like, i'm sure you're excited but like how how was it like? yeah so this was the first time i was in an athlete's village so my, oh, really? my first okay. two sea games singapore and kl we were both in hotels singapore we were in swiss mm. hotel malaysia i can't remember which hotel but it was a nice hotel as well so hotels are different from games villages in the sense that when there are hotels, you will never have the whole, like all the contingents yeah, uh, in yeah. one hotel. It was yeah. different hotels. Yeah. So you won't see everyone. But uh, in the games yeah. village, you see everybody. Every night. Like, Whoa! Yeah, everybody. Nobody gets any sleep. United Nations! Socially, is actually great. Because, uh, you know, great, like, great. Um, it's the only time that, you know, for example, for, for many of us, you, know, uh, you see, like, you know, every athlete from almost every sport in the same village. Mm. And, and like it's quite special when especially let's say if Joseph Schooling goes for uh, sea games like that and yeah. he's in the athletes village you have multiple athletes from multiple countries multiple sports like wanting to take photo with someone like Joseph because he's oh. an Olympic champion you see so it's not like they walk past each other then like tell each other and angry with each other and all that kind of thing I mean different characters different uh, different ways of dealing with the situation okay. some people more okay. tower than others but in general I think people are quite friendly okay. yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a um, what's the way, best way to put this it's kind of like a college orientation oh, uh, that atmosphere and you put a lot of like fit 
um, someone young, attractive like yeah. people from different countries together right and then you have the guys are obviously checking out girls from different countries and uh, that kind of stuff and that's how things happen la. so it's quite, it's quite entertaining but, but how come yeah. the first two SEA Games there were, you didn't stay in the village uh, Singapore didn't have a games village and okay. Malaysia didn't have a games village either Oh, yeah, I would have thought Malaysia, Singapore, <coughs> I would have assumed no games village. I thought Malaysia would have had a games village. I didn't have. Um, oh. Cambodia, they actually built this complex to be a games village and now they're going to use those as condos. Oh. So you want to can go and buy now. So, but but oh. it's like it's like a room and a condo kind of thing with aircon or no aircon? Or? Got aircon. Thank God there oh, was okay, aircon, okay. man. <laughs> because it would have been unbearable without aircon. But that being said, some of the aircon... Didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. Oh, well, so oh, like BMT, yeah, that lah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, so you guess how many to one apartment? Like two bedroom apartment. How many? You guess how many? How many athletes to one apartment? Two bedrooms. Yeah. Uh, I guess four. four? Really? So my apartment there were seven athletes to one apartment. Seven Wait, athletes. Two bed- how do you squeeze? How do you squeeze seven in a two bedroom? Exactly. So um, three in the master bedroom with a toilet. Two in the small bedroom and then two in the living room. But how how who decides how many per? Um, I I think that a certain number of rooms are given to each country and it's up to the Olympic oh. Council to distribute to each federation. Like track and field, for example, oh. we had we had two apart. We had a big apartment for we we had one big and one small apartment for our entire guys team. So one oh. the big apartment had eleven guys in the same apartment and my apartment was seven. What did oh, everyone yeah. has bits or or what you sleep on the sofa or something? Uh, bits. Everyone has bits. Oh, everyone has bits. Yeah, okay, small okay, bits. Okay. So like how you all decide? Bits. How you all decide who gets who got more medals or who got? <laughs> so this is interesting because um like my my team track and field, uh there was we had a total of four apartments for the athletes uh, so two for the ladies, two for the men. Men we had like eleven plus seven. We had eighteen men. Uh-huh. Um and the one in charge of splitting the I mean like the rooming situations. I think, uh. We had a team manager who did the first cut, and then the SA team manager, uh, the assistant team manager, does the first cut, like pairs everyone up, or like twos or threes, and then the team manager like does the second round of checking just to avoid any potential conflicts. And like, like, and he was quite good at his job because uh, there was one situation where he spotted that oh, this girl and this girl together like they don't get along. So they cannot, oh, for real, yeah. and then he was like, what the fuck? Cannot. It's like, like reality TV. Man. He's like planning a wedding dinner, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it is. It is. And these are the things that pe- most people don't see. And right? you cannot, you cannot appeal or something. You, you. I mean, like once, once. I mean, if you want to make a choice known, right? You say I don't want to room with this person. You must yeah, let you them know before. in advance uh, because once it's split, it's complicated, oh, right? Because you don't need to move mutual swap. It's happened before. Sea games where. I think one of the previous sea games, one of the athletes, like she cried like, because she really couldn't stand her roommate. Then oh they had to do some internal swap. And, oh, and so it's, like it's always like assigned. Uh, so, I mean, assigned. It, is it a thing like for, I don't know, like like the Olympic Village or something? Is it is it normally like, is the ratio of athletes to room? Olympics is usually good. Like oh. it's two, maximum three to one, okay, to one okay. apartment or one yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, but that's Olympics. Uh, this is yeah, yeah, uh, correct. Cambodia sea games, first time hosting. So, uh, I never made any. I didn't make any requests for roommates or whatever. Like, I, I mean, I, I didn't even know it was seven to a room until we, a uh, seven to a apartment until we got there. Mm. Then you were like, you sh- yeah, just so, drop your bags and you're like, what the fuck? Was that how you feel? Okay, so, uh, uh, this, this is quite interesting. <laughs> so we got into the games village, right? And then uh, collected our, our, and we were supposed to collect our keys. So like our team manager was uh, Shalindran. So Shalindran, I was like, hey, everyone gather. We're going to like, uh, I'm going to let you know your rooming arrangements. He'll be like, okay, this is um, uh, apartment one, 
Apartment one will be seven of you. The rooming situation will be, you know, like A and B, C, D, and then E, F, and G. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this he'll tell you room one, room two, room three. He won't tell you which room you're taking, but it's room one, room two, room three. Okay. So that was what I understood. And and, and so for me, it's like, Rayong, you are with Chen Xiang. And and then we look at each other, we celebrated because like 2017, Chen Xiang and I roomed together. Mm. Oh, wow. And it was, nice. a, it, was a, it was a good good rooming arrangement. Chen Xiang is a, I mean, Dr. Ang Chen Xiang, he's a, he's a, Pediatrician. Mm. Uh, um, he won the gold medal in the 110 meter hurdles. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, very organized guy. He said, okay, Ryong, I'm going to like, you know, we're going to go over breakfast at this time. This time to this time, we'll nap. Da, 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 da. So, <laughs> okay, okay, I mean, okay, he'll okay. nap and then I'll just go along with his schedule. So, he's quite uh, he's quite organized okay, and disciplined. Okay, okay. Yeah, but some of these other athletes, they, I mean, every athlete is different, right? Some more free spirited, some are there okay. um, with uh, less, I mean, less time discipline than others. So, mm. if you're a roommate and you don't get along, it can be quite a challenging week. La. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, especially such close quarters. Yeah. And so. you all find out on that day itself, not beforehand. Yeah. Nobody knew until beforehand. So, like, oh. there was one situation, one of the guys, okay, it's you, you, and you, and one guy, he shouted, like, what the fuck, this guy? Because <laughs> oh. okay, I think they had room together in the past and they, his roommate was very messy. La, so he was oh. hoping he wouldn't get pet with this same guy. I see, I see. Oh. That's why we were laughing. And, and, but that has a real effect on athlete's performance oh, are, of right? course right. Then, I mean, then, like, it's crazy that, that that's your entire happen. mindset you know for the yeah. rest for the rest of the week oh man yeah Um. I mean and they're all they're all okay people like, it's just that some less compatible with others mm, like, of course, I, of course. I, I was yeah. quite lucky Cheng Sang and I were quite compatible but anyway Cheng Sang and I but it was also five others in the apartment so yeah. and we didn't know the layout of the apartment so we all took our luggages we went up and then you no, know, I had a key lah. Uh, so I, uh, I think they paired Chen Xiang and me also because we were like, like I was the oldest man on the team, and Chen Xiang was second oldest man on the team. Oh okay. Yeah. So, um, maybe they, sometimes it's by event, sometimes by age. Yeah. It was really like who challenging things will work well together. So like he he has to do a good job. Like oh, see, if, if he doesn't know the athletes, mm, then you mm. put two people who don't get along, then jalat yeah, yeah. More so for girls. Like guys generally more easygoing. But the girls are <laughs> <laughs> more complicated. <laughs> really, really. Um, if you look at the personalities. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess as you, as, as one of the more senior members or so, they, they know that, yeah, uh, when you're younger, you know, generally people, yeah, they're not so disciplined about certain things and all that but as you get older yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what you need to do and everything and so it's it's better for you that there's some structure and they pair you with someone who also exactly. similar like that la. I mean mm. you can you can go both ways like you know like for, uh, the, the argument against that would be you pair the old ones with the young ones then the old one can jug out the young ones right? yeah. <laughs> but then it becomes your problem <laughs> yeah exactly uh, correct Oh, yeah, shit, so it yeah, depends yeah. on which. I mean, that's why it's a team, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's a team. So, so that means it must be quite, quite exciting. Like you're arriving, and like yeah. the village must be quite buzzing with energy because yeah. everyone's arriving. Yeah, did so, the people? Sorry, yeah. just the people like, hey, Ryong, welcome back. You know, were, were there other? I, I got that a lot, lah. A lot, uh, a lot so. from not just from Singapore staff, not just from Singapore athletes, but from different countries as well. Oh, like, oh, oh long right. time no see, long time. I, I oh, had that like. Great. 20 times in my first 2-3 days there oh, so yeah, it was quite funny wow that's awesome so it was it was basically like a condo complex is it? Yes. with shared facilities and dining area all dined together yeah. you know? so we ate in the car park because that was the only part that was big enough to host everybody so oh. we just put air conditioning units in the car park and then I, just, I remember we went dining hall and I was like the place like feels funny like there's not a dining hall and I was like is this a car park <laughs> oh. yeah, well, I saw a ram going up and said yeah it's a car park oh they wow. reworked it la. yeah they reworked oh. it so that was, I mean like that was quite ingenious I, I would have never have thought and, and the food was good and all pretty good I I, I ate um a Cambodian pho oh, like soup, okay. noodle soup rice yeah. noodles like three times a day like oh. because um it was like with chick- 
it was like um, noodle soup with chicken and prawns, like free flow, and oh, then okay. the prawns are all peeled on. So wow, that oh. was like damn shook, You know, like. But do they have unhealthy food there, like pizza and fried, fried chicken? Yes. You know? No, oh, oh, fried. Have, uh? I, it was generally quite healthy, from what I remember. It was like uh, bread, fruit. So, so how control is the food? Okay, so first of all, can a team decide to leave out of the uh, village? I think. Any request like that has to be made to the Olympic Council, la. But generally, Olympic Council is quite one size fits all. Like, uh, like no, no special case scenarios, nothing. Mm. Um, uh, I, I know that. I think the t- one example I remember is twenty eighteen. Joseph Schooling has a bit of a back problem, scoliosis, so he wanted to fly business class to Jakarta, and and from what I remember, he w- he wasn't allowed to do it. Like oh. until he like last minute, I think he managed to appeal to the right person or his mother managed to like speak to the right person mm. and then allowed him to upgrade at the airport to business class. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Because they are they are very like administrators tend to be, you know, they, they want every, they want everything to be fair, fair. and simple. Yeah. La, yeah. Yeah. No special case so, scenarios and anything. So yeah. Is it too naive thinking to think that okay, everyone there is sent to perform at the peak of their physical powers. Means you want their body to be in peak physical state. That means that everything should be optimized. That's too naive, is it? Nothing is optimized, lah. <laughs> it's almost like you, nothing is optimized. You're never hundred really. percent when you when you go for go for these events, lah. Right? Is it? Um, is it yeah, I I think it's safe to say that because you know at home, you know, like let's say I drag up my own performance, right? You know, yeah. Like I'll I'll book a hotel that I like. You know, travel the way I like. The food, uh, assuming choices, uh, and all, yeah, yeah, food choices and everything. But you know, when you go as a large contingent, hundred plus people to these things, like a few hundred people to these things. No lah, it's a it's a bit like army where it's mm. like you know oh. one size fits all, um you know same attire for everyone, yeah. you know like same kind of living conditions for everyone. Okay, so I, I get to the part where the seven of us took our bags, we went up to our apartment. So I mean like I was the old, I was I was the one with the key. I opened the key, thing. The first thing we see is three beds in the living room, and then we're like. <laughs> Huh? People are sleeping in the living room. Uh. Then you're like, oh, fuck. Then, uh, then I it? was laughing. I was like, oh, man, this is interesting. Then I, I took my key, walked in. I opened the door to the first bedroom. And then it was like two beds, like a small bedroom. Uh-huh. Sun Xiang, very smart. He straight away went in. He put his back down. Uh-huh. Then I was like, ah, like, okay, I'm rusty. I haven't even thought about this thing. But that's how you book your spot. Because seven people of us, we're... Yeah, yeah. We're all there, you know. We don't know who has oh, which room. Oh, so oh. they re- assign you room one, room two, room three, but it's up to you oh, to decide. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. Wow. It's like reality TV smart. show like that. So he's a doctor. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah. He went in <laughs> and he, he casually put his stuff down. Then I'm like, ah, okay, very good. Then, uh-huh. then I opened the door to the third, to the, I opened the second door and it was uh, the master bedroom. Yeah. Three beds there. So oh. then, then Chin, Chin Wei very smart. Chin Wei went in, he put his back down. And then, oh. so his room was the three people bedroom. So it was like three of them inside, two of us small bedroom and two more in the living room. Oh. But you mean they don't go by, oh, you are the most senior, you get to choose first. Go, cool, please. That's why he got the key. Oh, okay. That's, that's why, why he got, got the key. key. He ah, the smartest okay, okay. of all. He <laughs> that's the key. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other people go into the room first, you're like, fuck you all, I'm taking the key. <laughs> What? I mean, I mean, you're right, lah. I mean, th- I mean, this, this is. I mean, after what you realize, this is life, like You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. life is all. There's a certain element of uh, hierarchy. So yeah. if you're more senior athlete on the team, generally you get afforded a bit more mm, respect mm, or leeway. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I would say that whatever you say holds more weight as well. As opposed to 17 years old, you go there. Right, yeah. you go, oh. So who was the youngest athlete on the Singapore team? <sighs> I don't know, man. Um, for, on the track, on the athletics team. On the athletics team. 
I want to say it's probably Ruben Rayner Lee. So he's okay. he's our two hundred meter record holder. So last year in Vietnam, he he broke a long standing two hundred meter record. He ran like twenty point nine two seconds oh, for two hundred meters. Place fifth as a uh-huh. nineteen twenty year old, nineteen year old. I think this year is twenty. Um, unfortunately, you wouldn't have heard of him this year because he got injured. He never managed to start his oh, races this year. Yeah. Oh, I see. So um, yeah. So Wish so for you, you said uh, just going back to that that you were quite well-rested and quite well-fed and quite well-taken care of. Quite well-taken care of, but no, the sleeping conditions are always like quite a coin toss. Mm. For me, I personally, I didn't sleep well leading into both my races. Like, oh, really? like back home in Singapore, you know, I can knock out and sleep like eight, nine hours, yeah. um, at worst seven hours a day. Mm. Over there, you know, like you, because you, unfamiliar environment, yeah. you know, like... Um, Do you bring your own pillow and all? I brought my own bolster, which really helps. <laughs> yeah. oh. Because it made you feel like you're at home. Uh, Some yeah. people bring their own pillows. I mean, but you know, it's it's bulky lah, so you yeah. have to dedicate like one bag just for just for that. Yeah. So I brought my own bolster. Uh, my girlfriend was laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was like, How old are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you want you want everything to be as closely as to replicatable home, to home as possible. So I brought my own bolster and I think it really helped me. But the first night I slept like six hours, then you wake up because a, you're training less. You're getting ready to race. So, yeah. a bit of extra energy. B, excitement. C, like, Chen Sang and I, we get along very well. But at the same time, we're not used to, like, sleeping right next to each other, like, you know, like, oh, sure. close contact. So, like, you're a bit more conscious. You don't disturb the other person. Oh. And then, like, you know, like, even, like, loud breathing or snoring, which became an issue for one of the other rooms. Like, one guy snored so much, he got kicked out from the room because his roommates couldn't sleep. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Kicked out to where? The like, living room. <laughs> the living room. I see, I see. <laughs> so, like, I, my, I, I won't drop any names, lah. But like, one, yeah, yeah. one, uh, I think it was the day of my five k. I, I only slept four and a half hours because you know, oh, like a bit, of, a bit of um tossing and turning. Eventually, I decided to go for a slow morning run, just to wake up the body. I, I woke out. I saw one of the guys like on the in the living room. Eh? Why suddenly got three? All three beds are taken up. One guy had moved out from the, the from the master bedroom, and then he was oh, like man. tossing and turning. He looked at me with like you know kind of a black face, like oh. not happy. And I was like, "Why cannot sleep?" Ah. Then I went, I went down to run, came back up. Then I heard him sing. He was like, talking to one of the other guys. I like, very unhappy. Then he mm. went out for breakfast. I went out to see him at breakfast, and he said, and he wasn't talking like he was like very angry face. And I said, "Why cannot sleep?" Ah. I said, yeah, this guy keeps snoring. I slept zero hours. Then after I went out, I went to lie down in the living room. That guy snores also. <laughs> <laughs> so should I put the snorers together? That's what he did like, eventually. Oh, that's yeah. what he did eventually. Oh. Yeah, that's what he did. But, oh. but it was a bit of a sensitive situation and caused a bit of unhappiness lah, because he didn't want to offend the guy who yeah, snores. So yeah. he went to talk to other people, try and like, you know, I, I ask, figure out a solution without telling the guy that he snores. Oh. But then, because so many people ended up hearing about it, everyone knew that the guy snore except be- before he told the guy that he snores. Uh, oh. So so the guy was like, "What the fuck? Why is there everyone except me?" So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's then, crazy. Oh, yeah. all, all these domestic like issues like can literally make a difference between an athlete performing at hundred percent and like ninety or eighty percent. Because it's emotionally tiring, lah. Right? Yeah. Imagine you can't sleep before your race. Yeah, yeah. sucks, man. Oh yeah. shit! I always thought that wow, in the athletes' village, there'll be like hyperbaric, yeah. hyperbaric chamber yeah, for right. each of you. Then you like they they pull you. They're like Ryong, you need a bolster. Yeah. We have given you two bolsters yeah. for your room. Please yeah. enter. Yeah. Yeah. Seven yeah. hours of twenty eight minutes of sleep for you. All right. The yeah. the computer says just nice. Yeah. 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 Wow. No such thing. <laughs> so then the three of them in one room, 
my one snoring, the other one cannot sleep. So he went over, to, so like A, called A, B, and C. La. C uh. snore, A cannot sleep, A went to B, stood over his bed at 3 a.m. just to see whether he was able to sleep. So then B was, B said he was like tossing in and out of sleep. He opened it up, he saw A standing over <laughs> him like that. <laughs> So what the fuck? <laughs> then he was like, what? Then A was like, I just wanted to see whether or not I was the only one that could hear this because apparently C was snoring so loud. He, oh. A couldn't believe that B was sleeping so well. Uh-huh. So he went to stand over like that and then B woke up and then saw A like looking at him like that. Wow. <laughs> crazy. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, so whenever you hear stories of people who, uh, I guess Olympics always have an Olympic village, right? you know, mm. those or, or any of those games where there are so many uncertainties and yet they win gold medals. Uh, in consecutive games. Yeah. Even for yourself, your first two C games, you won goal and goal, right? There's a lot that almost is out of control of your hands, right? Yes, definitely, yes. Um, I must say my first two C games, uh, both in hotels, so the uncertainties were min- le- a bit less, minimized. A bit less minimized. Uh, minimized, yeah. But this one, Tarok, uh, this one, if your if <laughs> condition no good, yeah, it can make a difference. But I mean, Olympics, you know, the best athletes, I think... Um, Usain Bolt has always stayed in the Games Village, so credit to him. But some of the top American athletes, they will they will request to like stay outside. Outside, oh. yeah. Oh. So the, a lot, very often the top at the top like American athletes, they will do their own thing, bring their own physio, oh. have their own setup. And I think America is more accepting to yeah. like you know free will, <laughs> and they're willing to invest like the additional cost of like the individual budget. athlete will pay. The individual oh. athlete will pay because oh. they're they're professional athletes. They are rich, like no, oh, like that's true. Yeah, la, they that's can true. pay. They can pay their. That's why, like you hear stories of Usain Bolt, la, Of course, you get all these rumors like he ate chicken nuggets before hundred yeah, meters. Yeah. I don't know whether it's true or not, but like you have to give people like that credit. They stay in Olympic Village and they still just kick the mm. shit out of everyone, la. Mm. I mean, Bolt is a very easygoing guy. I mean, uh, like based on everything I've read about him, he seems to be like you know, like you, like you say, like party, yeah, eat chicken nuggets because he doesn't like the Beijing food, <laughs> and go out there. I mean, he's just supremely talented. Yeah, because so, I mean, even like you were knows? saying that the food there, I'm guessing as a as a athlete, you also track your diet and like how you react to certain foods and all, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can't indicate your preference before and unless you got an allergy or something. Yeah, it? no one's gonna cater for you. No like, one's gonna sorry, give sorry, shit, man. Uh, I mean, like one of our. Female sprinters Elizabeth. Um, she she did very well in the Sea Games. She think she ran. She made the final. Obviously, Shanti was the one yeah. who was grabbing the headlines. But Elizabeth mm. made the finals in the hundred and the two hundred, I believe. Mm. Yeah, and she brought her own peanut butter. Yeah, so I thought that was quite cute. Oh. Yeah, she would make her own. Like she sliced the bananas and then like put them on top of toast and put the peanut butter. So oh, like, that replicated her diet in Singapore, nice, which Singapore. I thought was very cool. Uh, she's also the, she's also a food science like undergrad at at um NUS. Oh, so, yeah, okay, she's, okay. She got that down. <laughs> so, so that means like as the competition progresses, like every day amongst the eleven of you, there'll be like oh, some people competing or oh, good luck and all. Yes. That. So, for example, oh, like shit, that's cool, man. Yeah, exactly. So, like there were five days of competition for yeah. track. So, like for example, Shanti competed on days one, three, and five. I competed mm. on days two and four. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, like we never two of us, we were never competing on the same day. Uh, so we could take turns to support each other, for example. Mm. And then on my five k, when I was competing, Michelle Sung was doing the high jump. So when I ran past her on the second lap, she I remember she was shouting for me oh. while doing while, while waiting for her turn to jump. Yeah. That's really like sports day last time, uh. yeah, you know, yeah. Like it's cool. nice atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super cool, super cool. So wow. so your ten, you ran your ten k first, right? Five k first. Oh, five k first. Yeah, five k on Tuesday, ten k on Thursday. And five k, you got fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I was there. I was pushing the pace all the way, and then. There's some separation that happened in the last 600 meters, and then 
and ended up being the top three, separating themselves from fourth and fifth. <coughs> so I won the the I I won I, I was competing with one guy from Myanmar, so I won the race for fourth, but the top three were too far ahead, so I wasn't able to catch the guy for third. Uh, but how did that feel? I still felt happy because I ran a very good time in the 5K. I've only betted that time once. Mm-hmm. And that was when a time trial condition in Singapore. You know, this one was Taruk, you know, you're fighting, you know, some laps fast, some laps slow, extreme heat. And then I, I did a lot of the leading and I still came away with um good time. Mm. So it was only like three, four seconds off my my best time. Mm. So and even if I equaled my best time, I still wouldn't have won a bronze medal. The mm. bronze medal was like one second faster than my best time. So oh. it was like it would have needed a special effort to get a medal that day. I but see, I mean, that I being said, I wasn't too far away. So, I mean, I know that with more preparation, that would have been a different result. But, but, but you know, you mentioned that you were leading all the way. It is, a, is, is it a conscious strategy to lead okay, so, or to follow? Or? Yeah, I can talk about this now because the race is over. But I was, I was keeping my cards quite close to my chest before the, mm. the race because I got there and then, you know, you go... Okay, so, and this is the part that's... I, in my opinion, this is the most interesting part of the whole SEA Games. When you go there on the first day, then you may not train. But the second day, you go to the practice track. There's usually one day where everyone gets to experience the stadium. You know, put on your spikes. You feel the track. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, day, the, student, the stadium is open the whole day. So, you have Vietnam there. You have Thailand there. Malaysia. Cambodia. Myanmar. Singapore. Everyone... Your athletes will go there at different times, and if you're lucky or unlucky, you you see your opponents like because uh, everyone knows roughly who your main opponents are, so you will see your main opponents like practicing, mm. and then they'll be doing their thing, you're doing your thing, but you kind of know that everyone's kind of watching each yeah, other. Yeah, everyone, yeah. some people will say, "Oh, you know, I just do my own thing, it doesn't bother but you." you know, what I'm doing, know, but you know, yeah. you know, everyone's kind of watching, and like you can feel it, like Now, when I do my laps, I can feel people are watching. Uh. The, the Malaysians, I mean, Cambodians, whatever. Just like being at the club. Right? I was Everybody just thinking that at the club. Everyone checking each other <laughs> you out. You want to be yeah. cool, but or you're this like... this guy hey. going for that girl. I need to talk to her first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I, when, yeah exactly, exactly. You know exactly. What, what, what two of us were thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Non-athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, and, and then the more cheeky guys will come and ask, ask, ask their teammates, hey, so, so which girl? That one, that one, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually uh, the Vietnamese girls get more attention because they're the... They're the uh, tend to be the more attractive ones to the mm. Singaporean guys, so that's the oh, that's okay. the funny that's the funny <laughs> the, the funny talk that uh. goes on. Uh, but I mean, you know, um, from the competition point of view, what happened was that I was doing my own stuff. You know, I, I think it can be quite overwhelming if it's your first Sea Games because you go there and everyone feels so intimidating, so mm. fast, and it's easy to mm. feel so small when you're going for practice yeah, and you yeah. feel like your training is, and you feel the need to run faster just to prove yourself yeah, or yeah. Prove, prove to other people or prove to yourself that you belong there. But I mean, the last thing that you should be doing right before your competition is go and push hard in mm. training. You just uh, want to do maintenance work. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but I mean, that being said, you know, um, even, even like now, I'm a lot calmer. I just do my thing. People want to watch, let them watch. But then when I see some of the others, they are they're doing like fast laps mm-hmm. or whatever. I I can take my stopwatch out and see how fast they're going or so lah. So mm. I I did that. I can't remember who I did it for. Eh, Malaysians or Vietnamese, I think. But like mm. some of them were doing like fast two hundred meter splits. So I just took out my watch and saw oh they're running like pretty decently fast. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But, but what, anyway, what advantage does that does that confer? Like knowing how fast they're just running. Curiosity. Oh, okay. I mean if. If it intimidates you, then don't go and like see what they're mm, doing. Okay, but okay. for me, I, mean, I was just, I, I did very light stuff. I didn't do anything hard at all the last few days. So like if anyone was timing me, it was probably quite underwhelming. <laughs> mm, yeah, okay. So, but then 
the talk, I mean, like you, you meet your friends, you know, some of them speak English. Some, so the talk was generally like, oh, it's very hot. It's very hot. Um, um, people were a bit scared of the heat. Then mm. I even bumped into the the Malaysian coach who's a French guy. I can't remember his name. Pierre, I think. Pierre something. Mm. Uh, uh, John John claude Pierre, maybe. I, I can't remember his name, but he's a French guy who used to be quite a good athlete back in the day. He's now the Malaysian distance coach. Okay. Mm. So I think he recognized me. So he said, hey, where were you at Singapore Open? My boys were competing. I said, oh, I was having exams, so I wasn't mm. able to do it. Yeah, he said, we've been a good race. Then he was like, oh, I, I could, I think I felt that I mean, I, I may have been wrong, but I, I felt that he was trying to figure out what kind of shape I'm in. Oh. Yeah, oh, so mm. he said, oh, what do, you, what do you think you can run now? I gave him a very honest answer. I said, I think I can run a national record. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm in good shape, um, but it will depend on how fast the race goes out. And then that's where he said, oh, I don't think it's going to be a fast race. I think people are going to be quite scared of the heat, so people are going to hold back. So in my head, I registered, okay, the Malaysians are not ready for a fast race. If I go out fast, they're going to be out the back <laughs> mm. <laughs> because they are... Mm. In a distance race like five thousand, there are two ways a race can go out. It can be go out fast, and then everyone like um, you, it's a more honest race from the start. Everyone's just going at a at mm. their, their maximum pace, mm. or it could be a conservative race where people jog for half the race before the race gradually speeds up, and then the last lap is very very fast. So yeah. the last lap will be extremely fast, but the finish the overall finishing time won't be very fast mm, mm. yeah so like in example a the race can be won in 14 minutes and in example b the race could be won in 16 minutes mm. oh yeah and and how's that kind it, of decided is this is decided based on who's in front yeah mm. because it's game theory right like the person in front tends to expend more energy and both, ah. of, you, both of you are yeah. smart guys you will appreciate this but mm. let's say it's three of us right no one and we're all competitors no we're not going to tell you what our race plan is yeah. when the race yeah. goes off if it's 16 of us someone's going to end up in front. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes you get very unwilling leaders because like they go off and then they realize they're in front. They shit, I don't lead. Then they, 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 they slow down to a jog. But nobody wants to overtake them because nobody mm. wants to lead. Nobody wants to be the one in front like with all the pressure, everyone following you. You can't oh. see anyone. Oh. And then the wind is blowing in your face. Mm-mm. Not everyone can, can... So sometimes it's easier to actually have someone to just keep follow, follow behind. Lah. The best is someone in front of you running a pace that you want to run. Then, uh, okay. then you, you just switch follow. off your brain and follow him. Psychologically, you waste less energy. Physiologically, uh-huh. he's breaking the wind for you. If you look at Tour de France cycling, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That they are going even faster. So the guy in front really takes the brunt of the wind. Yeah. You're yeah. going behind. You're expending less energy by going the same pace. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to fight, you you can Chung. put yeah, your foot on the pedal. Yeah, put your foot on the pedal and you have... With more basically like cars like the one the car in front is expending more fuel to go yeah. at the same pace as the car right yeah, behind yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, like, so that so. means this race started and you were like I'm so gonna the race started and for the 5000 in my head I was like okay you don't have to go and lead from the start but it's probably I, I in my head I was like a lot of people are not ready for I think a lot of people are not ready for the race to be fast they all think that it's gonna be slow because of the heat if you make it fast you're gonna take a lot of them out of their comfort zone because I, I I bet if you the five thousand a lot of people were just hoping for a slow race and then they sprint the last the last they just wanted to be there in the last lap and then mm-hmm. see how fast they can go. Um, for me, I I knew that my strength didn't really lie in that because I didn't really have chance to work on my last lap finishing power. But I had a lot of fitness and I felt that um, I could take the heat. Like psychologically, I'm quite tough. Mm. You know, and then physiologically, I was doing all this like ice bath and everything to regulate my heat temperature before the the race even started. Oh, wow. So I know that, and I'm a marathon runner, so I can take a lot of punishment. Mm. I may not have that kind of like lethal speed, but I can take a lot of punishment. So I was like, okay, 
if the race is not fast after two, three laps, you just go for it and like, you know, you make them chase you. Like, at the end of the day, even if you lose, you know that, you know, you gave it a good go, you were brave and you, rather than living re- regret, like yeah. you go and play out of someone else's game and then you, you lose on their terms. Like you mm. play your game, mm. you lose on your terms, that's fine. That was my opinion. So, so sorry, just because non-athlete asking, right? No worries. Uh, that means basically there's a, there's sort of like a pain threshold that you know that you can, you can tahan up to and whether, how close you want to get to that threshold during the race. That's, that's, that forms your strategy. That's part of yeah, your strategy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, for example, okay. I think Harash is a hockey player, for example. Yeah. Mm. So, I think Harash, now, now maybe, but back in the day, you can definitely sprint, let's say, 50 meters faster than me. Mm. So, let's say we race 5,000 meters, right? If I, you and me, we walk for 4,950 meters and then we sprint the last 50, mm. you can probably beat me. Mm-hmm. And then you would have beaten me in a 5,000 meter race, even though the finishing time is very slow. Mm. So I wouldn't want that. I want to make it uncomfortable for Harish right mm. from the start. So that he's almost like broken down yeah, by so the time. Mm. Correct. So even if he's fit enough to go with me to the last 100 meters, he won't be able to use that kind of finishing oh. speed. Yeah. Mm. So to put that so do, in do context. You said you mentioned you didn't have enough time to like just worry about your competitors. If you had enough time, would you be studying them? Like what your last race was? Your quote? probably, probably, yeah. Probably. Oh. But I mean, you also don't want to focus so much energy yeah. on other people. Correct, and then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, ideally you have someone doing that for yourself. Like I mean, when Manchester United plays Chelsea, I'm yeah, sure their yeah, managers yeah. study each other multiple times before they they go out onto the yeah. pitch. Yeah. So yeah. the race started. You're off, and then like at what point did it change? I would say after the first, uh, the first lap as a Cambodian boy in front, I think he was like kind of buoyed by his home crowd support uh, in front. But uh. after 300 meters, I saw that he suddenly was looking around. So maybe he wasn't very comfortable in the lead. So after the first lap, you know, I pulled up alongside him. I was like, okay, nah, we just go for it. Like, you know, you're fit. You just go for it. Make people chase you. And if they can catch you at the end, like they deserve it. So then from the second lap, I made it a very, very punishing race. I, I, I was running like, I was running it fast. I was making it such that you know, if they wanted to stay, if anyone wanted to stay in contact uh, with the lead, they will have to like, after, they will know that they are in trouble after two or three laps. They know that it's going to be a fast race. It's going to be not just fast, but it's in the heat as well. So yeah. it's very, very punishing. And mm. if you look at the race video, you can see a lot of people start to drop off before even half the race was over because, you know, probably I feel people are not psychologically ready for mm. for that. They didn't expect to be in the in the, in the, in the hurt locker so early, you want oh. to call it that. Were, yeah. were you the only marathon runner? I was the only marathon, I was the only, in the 5,000 meter field, I was the only one who has run a marathon before. Okay, yeah, okay, I see. For sure. So, yeah. so then like, um, uh, is that, is that like trash talking amongst the athletes when you're in that pack? Uh, trash talking, don't have like, but uh, I know the, there's an Indonesian guy who, a small guy, so, his name is Robbie. So Robbie also wanted it to be a fast race because I think he's quite small, right? So he's got a lot of endurance, but his last lap finishing power is not that good or so. Mm-hmm. So after three laps, Robbie came alongside me and he was like, fast pace, fast pace. He, like, he also wanted it to be fast because oh. he knew that his chances in the last lap sprint with like 10 other people is not good. So he wanted to burn off people. So I told him, I mean, you want a fast pace? Go ahead, like, help me out. <laughs> so then he took the lead and then he pushed. And then the Cambodian guy took the lead after seven laps and pushed. And I took the lead with five laps to go and I pushed. So there was always somebody like making the pace fast. Mm. So when it came to the end, uh, there was only five of us. So, and then three of them got separated away. So I think on any other day, if I managed to burn off one more person, I could have gotten a medal in the five. So that's why I knew that even though I I just missed on the medal, I wasn't disappointed because it's like 5,000 meters is not my pet event anyway. If I got a medal, it would have been extremely good. But you know, like... 
um, before the race started, I was probably like seated eighth, ninth mm. or something mm. like that. And because I, you know, went to take myself out of the comfort zone and push, I managed, I managed to, to like, you know, claw, claw up. burn off a lot of people yeah. that would otherwise have beaten me. I was very satisfied with my race strategy and performance. So, so when the separation happens, it's just your, your body can't, I mean, it's like a... It's, it's both your body and your mind, you know, like, mm. it's always easier to push yourself more when you see like the medal's right in front of you. It's like, you know, mm. one more lap, one more lap, you know, like someone else might die, one more lap. And then closer to the end, like, you know, your mind, your mind stops you from performing when you're in too much pain because the mm. like, this keeps you alive. Your brain keeps yeah. you alive. So yeah. the brain is like, hey, you know, like, hang on, hang on, huh? like, don't go, don't go there. Yeah. But uh, if you can overcome that, that, that instinct and keep pushing, you can, you can push yourself to, that's how you push yourself to new limits and then mm. you, you change what you believe is possible. And so, when, mm. when you're at that pain threshold, like, what are you hearing? Is that a song playing in your head or, are you like blanking out or what? What is it? Edwin <laughs> Tong. Uh, Edwin Tong. Why Edwin Tong. Ed, Edwin Tong. Why, what do you mean? Uh, wasn't it? Uh, Edwin Tong was the. The what? SN. Huh? SN. What are you talking about? Edwin. Edwin, Edwin Tong's Tong. the the minister for MCCY. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. La. yeah. So, so like encouraging lah. Oh, seeing an image of him in his head. Like, yeah, that's what? Edwin Tong. No, that's why, Terrence, you look at me, I was like, did I say something I wrong? I was in his head. Edwin Tong is in his head. Edwin Tong is in his head. Fuck, Terrence. I was like, did I say something wrong? No, Edwin Tong, come on. What's in your head? Edwin Tong was actually on the side, cheering very loudly. Chien Andy lost his voice. Oh, is it? I mean, like, I mean, he wasn't what was in my head. What was in my head was like, trying to, like, really... I, I did go through a bit of like um sports psychology training with my uh. friend Bay Hansen, who, uh. who's a he's a good sports psychologist. So uh, we did work on you know certain like key key strategies to keep yourself mentally engaged. Because I told him these are my weaknesses, oh. these are what I want to improve on. And he, we we did work on some like psychological skills to uh make sure you don't check out mentally check out during a- any race. any kind yeah. of like just a teaser of like what what it, it can techniques. It, um you know for example for myself when the going gets hard. And like especially at the end of a race, like last two laps, if you check out for five seconds, right, you lose the contact with the guy in front of you. It's very hard to catch back, like because um, the last two laps, everyone is going hard already. So if you lose two seconds on the guy in front of you, you have to run th- two seconds faster than him on the final lap up, to yeah. catch up to him. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like I ended up maybe five seconds behind the bronze medalist at the start of the last lap. And I ran a bit faster than him, but I would have to run five seconds faster than him to catch yeah, him. To catch so him. I wasn't able to catch him. And when you say, that means you just lock on that person. You cannot you cannot let the distance grow. Yeah. I mean, to, that, like, letting the distance grow will demoralize yourself as well. So, yeah. like, just keep engaged, keep engaged. I mean, it's like kind of doing schoolwork, right? If you're always uh-huh. on top of it, then you don't feel so stressed. But, like, if you don't study for half a year and then suddenly A-levels come and you have to study all that shit. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then correct, correct. It's hard to make up the difference, like, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. But, you know, 5,000 meters, I I felt, if anything, the 5,000 meters gave me a lot of, like, reassurance that I was in good shape. And I, I knew that 10,000 was closer to my pet event. So I know that if I, hey, I'm fourth in 5,000, you know, like, I wasn't too far away from medal. Like, 10,000, I can probably get a medal mm. if I run well. Mm. But the keywords were if I run well, because like, a lot of people don't run well in 10,000, especially in the heat. Like, mm. it's 25 very punishing laps. So, went into it knowing that I needed to be mentally engaged. I needed to run smart. And mm. thankfully, I did all those things. And yeah, it was very, it was, it, it was very satisfying to get a silver and like almost getting the gold as well. Or like not too far away from gold medal was, was yeah. definitely but, but a surprise. How long was the gap between the 5,000 and 10,000? 48 hours. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And oh, after the five thousand, yeah. um, I was notified that I had to do a doping control test. Oh. Then I was like, why the hell did they choose me, man? Like, I was fourth, and they were like, it was randomized. I was like, come on, it's randomized. And then they were, they tested the first guy and the second guy. They didn't test the third guy, and uh-huh. they tested me. So I was like, what, what, what the hell, man? Like, like <laughs> at least test the third guy as well, lah. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like. Were you the most experienced runner in terms of number of sea games or like years you've been competing? In terms of number of sea games, no, because I missed oh, two. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, but number of years. Um. Well, the first guy from Thailand is his mid twenties in the five k. The second guy from Philippines is two years younger than me. The third guy is also younger than me, so I was the oldest one in the top four. Mm. The fifth guy was also young, so I was the oldest guy in the top five. I was probably the oldest guy in the 5K. Okay. Uh, okay. Overall, yeah. And in the 10K, only Agus Prayogo from Indonesia was older than me. The I guy see. who won. No, he no. got fourth. He got so fourth. Agus won the marathon and then came and got fourth in the 10,000. Ricky Martin Luther Symbolon is the guy who won the 10,000 and he's in his 26 or 25, I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So so after, in that 48 hours between 5,000 and 10,000, you were like in recovery mode? Just yeah. ice bath. Everything. Ice bath. Ice bath, go for a massage. Uh, Belinda Liu, who was our team physiotherapist, did a great job, you know, like helping us to, I mean, she had a busy schedule because like, all of us were going yeah. to her with all kinds of problems, right? Yeah. You know, fix this, fix that. Yeah. Um, I tried to sleep, didn't get much sleep because, you know, you get caffeinated before your race and then after your race, you suddenly like need to wind down and go to bed. Not yeah. so easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the next day, I woke up, went for breakfast, came back, uh, relaxed. And then my teammate, I uh, went for massage. And my teammate Chen Xiang went to the stadium. He called my, so Chen Xiang competed on Wednesday. I competed Tuesday, Thursday. Mm. And Chen Xiang was supporting me for both my events. I would have loved to support him at his event, but because I had an event the day after, Mm. I I just crashed like, in, my, in my in apartment. I just knocked out for three hours, afternoon mm. nap, then I woke up. He had finished the race already. Um, and I watched it without knowing the result. And I saw um that he initially got the silver medal, mm. but it was a it was a dead it was a yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a dead heat. La. So they appealed and he got the, got the cold, gold right? medal yeah. eventually. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh. I see, yeah. I see. Yo, that was quite an interesting process as well because mm. um so the camera is always on the right. So mm. when they cross the line together, you can't really tell. But on the photo finish, it looks like the Thailand guy got got him like just slightly and eventually the Thailand guy got the gold medal by two one thousandths of a second so oh. 0.002 seconds oh. so, okay, last way, like, you know like Chen Xiang ran well broke national record but it looks like he got silver and then later I heard that they were appealing and then after three hours after that um, Chen Xiang got joined gold medal together with the Thai guy and then mm. it, this kind of thing rarely happens uh, so I was a bit curious as to how the process went about yeah. I was like how come they how was it that they even reversed this decision? Yeah. So, uh, what what was eventually reviewed was the guy who originally reviewed the first photo finish was a official from Thailand. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, okay. I think they appealed based on grounds that it should be a th- neutral third party, mm-hmm. and I think there was a Korean official who rejected the appeal initially, but then they appealed one more time to a jury of like three officials or something, mm-hmm. like, you know, like court of appeal, like, yeah, you know, like yeah, court yeah. of three judges kind of thing. Um, and then that was when they looked at not just the right camera but the left camera as well which, which is the one you don't see on TV mm. and from the camera on the left it looks like Chen Xiang won oh, from the camera okay. on the right it looks like the Thai guy won so it's really like the 
So it's whoever a, is closer to the camera yeah. looks to be the one that but won. They don't have the technology like like VAR and football have, where you got one wall. Yeah, then you can do see the 3D yeah. image, you know. Yeah. I mean the Hawk technology in football right, yeah. is a lot better, but <laughs> the, what was inconclusive was that the left and right camera should should uh, synchronize. Yeah, yeah. It didn't synchronize. Oh. Yeah. So there's probably I don't know, must be some technical fault or some yeah. camera placement, something like that. So so Singapore's appeal was on the grounds that if it's inconclusive, it should be a joint goal medal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that's where. And you got a joint goal medal. I mean, yeah, we talked medal. about this on a podcast where I think the esports team, the Singapore esports team, also, mm. there was some controversy about how. It, the they, Indonesians, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's on the same day as the 10,000 final, oh, actually. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, I think the shocking thing from that was how, yeah, the appeals process was such a. Oh, how many people you have appealing on your behalf versus you know how many becomes people becomes a game of have. politics. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah this is I mean, crazy thing. I'm not a fan of like these sports, right? It should yeah. be quite conclusive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, even on that, like there was a senior member of our team that pointed out that you know if we want to appeal, we cannot appeal for Chen Xiang to get gold and the Thai guy to get silver. We have uh, okay, to appeal joint. for a joint goal because uh. you know Thailand is quite influential in Southeast Asian track and field. Mm. They have, they hold a lot of like clout and power mm. and influence. So. Mm. If we appeal for us to get gold and them to get silver, it's we're never going to win. Yeah. So the yeah. best we can do is appeal for joint goal. Yeah. And he got the joint goal. I, I, I didn't even know about all this like yeah. political play. But how does it feel yeah. for an athlete like your, you know, Chen, uh, Chen Xiang, right? Mm. How does it feel for him to get a joint goal, uh, knowing that it's you know, slightly contentious and all? I um I was on a podcast with him. I, mean, I was on a radio radio with mm-hmm. him. And his answer, which I thought was a very mature and like very wholesome answer, was that to him is even... Is even sweeter because the mm. guy that he got the joint goal with, he trained with him before in Thailand. Oh, yeah, so he's like they're friends as well, lah. Got it. Uh, I guess it would be different if you really hate that guy, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like they're they're friends and everything for for them to train together and they push each other in the gym, push and each other on the track. And now they win together. I think. So then on the day awesome. itself, do they because they present the gold medal? on the on the thing they have a spare one so that was my question as well I was like how yeah. do they do it but the because of all the protesting the medal ceremony got postponed to the next day oh so oh, they had okay, some time okay, okay. so they had some time to figure it out yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe they hug and then they put together with their heads together one <laughs> one medal like conjoined twins is it <laughs> conjoined twins <laughs> So, that'll be funny la. so so then okay the then national go- anthems turn like that yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> play both at the same time <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. so then okay he got a goal then going into the 10,000 like did the 5,000 affect your mindset going into the 10,000 so I must confess that after the day after the 5,000 when I went for a jog like I felt okay but I definitely know that the 5,000 had sapped some energy out of my legs but you mm. know mm. to me it's like you know the the schedule is the schedule is as such. I knew what I was getting myself into before going in. Um, Agus was ca- finished the marathon five days before. He was coming into the 10,000. He had a few more days of rest, but marathon is also a lot longer. Mm. So there's mm. more punishing as well. And he won the marathon. He won the marathon. Oh, yeah. Uh. And then like the guy who lost to me in the 5,000 got fifth. He was also in the 10,000. So it's like multiple, so many of us had done multiple events. Mm. The guy who won eventually, he only did 10,000. So uh. that could be a factor as well because I felt that the last three laps when I should be time to race like really like start my finishing push in the 10,000 I was struggling to stay on my feet because like my legs were really jellified already and now it could be just the heat in the 10,000 it could be the fast pace in the 10,000 but I also felt that the 5,000 took something out of my legs when it was time mm. to sprint I didn't quite have that same uh, pop in my legs Boost, that yeah. I would like to have yeah. yeah. but you know that's what you choose to do so you 
I mean, it's, if I could redo my entire week, I wouldn't have run the 5,000. I would just focus on 10,000. If I knew I was going to be that close to winning yeah. a gold medal. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it was still a beautiful race. Like, Ricky, Ricky was very brave. He went to, like, whatever I did in the 5,000, Ricky went to do it in the 10,000. To lead the yeah. thing. Uh. Like, I think his strategy was, I, I spoke to his coach. So, Agu, Coach Agung is a good friend of mine. Um, so, Ricky is his new protege. So I asked Agung, okay, now that the race is over, what was your strategy, coach? And he was like, oh, I told him to first 10 laps, don't do anything. And then the last 15 laps, in the last 6K, you run every kilometer at 3 minutes per K. And 3 minutes per K is a pace that is extremely fast for our standard in 10K. But Ricky was in shape to do that. Lah. Wow. And so basically, like, make it extremely, suddenly put in an injection of speed that makes the race, like, very painful. Then if people go mm. with you, they're going to suffer as well. So the first yeah. 10 laps don't do anything means let someone else leave. Let other people do their thing. Follow. And that's what happened. The Myanmar boys had a plan. So the Myanmar boys, I think they had athlete A and athlete B. B set the pace for A for a few laps and then B is not so fit so B dropped back and then A oh. continued. And then after, then before you know it, 10 laps is over, then Ricky came over and, and took over. So there was always someone pushing the pace. I see. Yeah. So mm. eventually, Ricky managed to burn off everyone. So I was like in fifth or sixth at one point. I, I hung back. I don't know whether you guys watched the race, but I was I was out of camera frame at like the halfway point. And then I clawed my way back. I went to fourth, went to third, and I went to second. And then I eventually caught up to, to, to Ricky and I was like just following him all the way until the end. And then the last lap, just before the last lap, I came alongside him and then he pushed. And then after mm. that, I, I couldn't overtake him anymore. I just followed him all the way and around the last lap. Mm. And, and when did that... That incident that went viral. When oh, which no. lap was that? that viral right? moment. Five and a half laps to go. Then I was like, yeah. wow. Then we were basically like, wow, Ruyong's redemption arc. Uh. Oh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> but here's where you can officially, uh, you can like tell the naysayers to fuck off. Like, was it an orchestrated thing <laughs> yeah, for you like, to redeem uh, yourself? You can't really orchestrate these things. <laughs> last. As, uh, as you saw him drop the water, did it occur in your mind? This is going to win people back. This is my moment. This for is my moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess when it happens, you know, like people ask me what was going through your mind at that point of time. You know, yeah. Like nothing much, you know, because at that point of time, you're just struggling to finish the race. It's all instinct. Like, it's all racing instinct. Yeah. So, I remember, like, you know, he pulled to the side to get water. I said, ah, maybe I should do the same. Then I went over. Then I heard the pump because he he, he didn't time his grab properly. He was yeah. probably, like, a bit, like, uh. disoriented or so. Uh. Yeah. Or, like, hand-eye coordination, just no good at that point of time. Like, yeah. When you're dehydrated, you That was how many laps in? It was, like, 20. It, it was the our 20th lap so oh, five, laps ago, yeah, yeah. five laps ago so he, I heard the pump and then I grabbed my bottle I had to avoid the water bottle as well because like the bottle had like fallen onto the ground right so yeah. you step on it you can twist your ankle yeah. <laughs> yeah. so then I I summed the bottle grabbed the cup and then I poured some over my head and instinctively I just accelerated a bit and then I gave the remainder to him lah. so and, you had yeah. to you didn't pour as much as you would have liked onto yourself yeah yeah you give it to him yeah moderation <laughs> And then you can increase some more. Yeah. Increase yeah, Like I said, too. it was instinctive. La, instinctive. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, end of the day, we obviously are fighting for the same medals, but friends first, la, safety first. I mean, and you knew him before? I only met him like the night or the two nights before. Agus introduced us. Yeah. Oh. And he, Ricky doesn't speak much English, so uh, people are asking, hey, did he thank you? Did he thank you? No. I mean, first of all, I don't expect a thank you for these things. Mm. Uh, but secondly, he did. And not after the race. And after the race, you saw... He was lying on the ground, like kind of like convulsing. And then I came over and I shook his hand and people were asking what he was saying. He wasn't talking to me, he was praying to Allah. Oh, yeah, he was saying his thanks. And then I shook his hand and I walked away. The next time I saw him, he was like on the ground like that. 
<laughs> just like, passed out. Like, 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 like he was, he, he had really taken himself to the max, which is why I said that he really deserves that, that gold medal. Like he, to push the race all the way and then still find something to sprint that last lap, mm. he really took himself to the max and he really deserves the gold medal for being able to push to the extent. Mm. I didn't push to the extent, you know, I was walking around after the race, mm. looking for my parents, uh, uh, looking for Edwin Tong as well because he was oh, like, sh- shouting for 25 laps right yeah. and then so and then, then my, my teammates and everything so that was great and you know eventually I think the result was a fair one you know the guy who like put in his A plus effort took the gold and I think I ran well to get the silver and the Myanmar boy who did a lot of the early work got the bronze but, so but just good. going back to that moment uh, that viral moment of, yeah. of that, that bottle uh, when do you find out that that became like a thing like it was it went viral and all that so I deleted my social media before the the game from my phone so oh, really? yeah because okay. I, I just wanted to focus completely on um on racing and you know normal normal days we do spend like a lot of time scrolling through social yeah, media yeah. and but the hype from the media the hype from social media gets very pronounced during the games mm. so I didn't want to deal with all that okay um not that I, I in my first two C games I didn't delete and I, I was fine. I won gold medals both my first two times. But I think that this time the attention on my participation was definitely more. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that there was a lot more going on. I actually sent a message to Joseph Schooling before the C games. I was like thinking of deleting social media for the games. What do you mm-hmm. think? He was like, get rid of it, uh, but bring a book to to keep yourself like engaged. Uh, okay. I brought a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it. <laughs> I, mean, I ended up playing board games or whatever with my friends in my free time, which was a lot more fun. So when was the first time you checked it? Or when uh, you find out that this thing was a I had like, I had own. social media on my iPad, so okay, okay. I in, in my room when I had time I would scroll a bit lah. But like, uh, like then like, right but at what point did you have an idea after the race when you can come down like I you think uh, let me open up Facebook <laughs> and LinkedIn <laughs> man ooh, likes yeah ooh, give me the likes did I, you have an idea I didn't even like think about that after uh, the hmm. because after you do your anti-doping you do your I mean you do your media interviews and you do anti-doping uh-huh. and then and then I got my phone and then the first thing you check is WhatsApp so on WhatsApp people were congratulating me for the performance because it was Singapore's first medal in 40, 40 years, years right? mm. I mean there were multiple things happening in that race like my result was the first medal in 40 years in the 10,000 meters but it's also a new national record mm. and on top of that that incident happened so yeah. I was getting messages on all three things Wow. Mm. and then Someone sent me a link from YouTube where MediaCorp had cropped out that part. Yeah, of yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And it was getting more plays than the race highlights itself. Exactly, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was hilarious. And then um and then obviously because of whatever happened in the past, you know, like with uh, Ashley Liu's act of sportsmanship and yeah, me yeah. disputing that whether that actually happened or not, because there was no like visual proof. Mm-hmm. Um people then people started laughing because of that 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 the irony, uh, the irony yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so th- that was extremely funny. And then, if, and then they were like, ah, you see now, now, now this one got proof, huh? And then, that, yeah, so that, that was that was the funny part, lah. It's I, like I, you I, had to run ten thousand meters <laughs> and punish yourself just to have that one moment where you had the water bottle. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then when the media when the media cop did that, so all power to them. I mean, like obviously they they're doing it for the clicks as well, lah. Then yeah. that was that was something that took off. And then I was like, okay, I think this might actually like. My friends in the UK were talking about it, and they were uh-huh. like, uh, "They were like, oh yeah, just remember with your friends before you went viral." Like, I, I, I didn't really expect much, <laughs> but it really went viral in Indonesia. Like, oh. so then I downloaded my my Instagram after that race, and I had like, I had like twenty thousand new followers from Indonesia. Wow, which oh, has since doubled. So now, I, now my Instagram is like 
seventy percent Indonesian followers. And it's not oh. from it's not from winning the uh, getting second in the race, like it was from the that video of the that. It moment. was definitely that lah, because uh. um. I mean, there are so many silver medalists in every event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the irony is that I thought about this. I think that if I had won, I wouldn't have, uh-huh. it, it wouldn't have made the rounds that much in Indonesia because why it made the rounds in Indonesia was that their guy won. Yeah, and you uh-huh. and this saw, happened. Oh, yeah. So they saw wow. it as like helping him achieve a good result and he won in Indonesia and Indonesian, their fans are so yeah, fervent yeah. over sports, right? You yeah. saw when he won the SEA Games. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Roads are closed huh, back home. It's like yeah. they won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and they were flood. My inbox was being flooded by messages of support, not just from Singaporeans, but mostly Indonesians. So that's when I saw the wow, they're really super supportive of sports. And anyone who like is positively associated with Indonesian sports, they they really throw their support behind you. So are you going wow. to Indonesia soon? Uh, you should just walk around with an iPad, you know, just <laughs> playing a GIF of that on loop. Uh. Uh, Everywhere you walk, just a GIF on loop. Yeah, yeah, just a GIF on loop. Um, well, I'm, I think I'm going to Indonesia soon to promote a running event. Uh, I, um, okay. Not conf- not confirmed yet, uh, but okay. because of what happened, I will, I might be in Jakarta very soon to promote oh, running. That, that is wow. awesome. Stay, stay tuned. So are you, are you going to make it part of the Pokari 2.4 kilometer run? Like you must take water <laughs> and uh, you must give it to the person in front of you. <laughs> you must finish one bottle of Pokari set after every lap, is it? Like no, a no, beer amount. No, 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 you, no. you have to give it to the person in front of you. <laughs> you cannot drink your own yeah. cup. <laughs> yeah, sportsmanship must, must yeah, sportsmanship. Yeah. Actually, now I think about it, that was quite a good relay passing. That's right. It's be a race, Relay race, but you must hand a, a cup of water to somebody else and run. Then cannot spill. Yeah, cannot spill. <laughs> Maybe if he ran fast, you like that would have like help you, you know, like keep up with him all the way, just to pass him the cup. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's, that's fucking hilarious, man. man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I think I, I think I, what was important was that I I felt that you know it, and it was nice because it happened on the same day as our esports. Argument with Indonesia uh, as well. So the the rift last. Yeah. So there was a there was there was a journalist uh, who messaged me. Hey, thank God you did this, man. Like, whoa, you stopped World War Three from happening. <laughs> we, we had this like big argument with Indonesian esports. I I wasn't even following esports then because I I was not on yeah. social media, right? So then I looked into that. I was like, well, that was quite ugly. So yeah. Um, and there oh. were people making comparisons, like, yeah. like one or two comments from Indonesians. Uh, mostly were very positive and not controversial, but one or two, they're like, you good men, not like Singapore eSports, uh, don't know what, 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 <laughs> cheating, da, 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 da. But I mean, like, I, I don't really know what happened, so I'm not oh. going to comment too much on that. <laughs> so so no wonder you posted recently in Barca, Indonesia. Right. So, oh. I mean, after that, I start, I was like, wow, I mean, if they are all, if my followers are now like 70% Indonesian, better start like, Better start learning to type in Bahasa. Lah. Oh. Singapore Tourism Board needs to listen to this. And, get <laughs> and Indonesian Tourism Board. And, yeah. yeah, and then like to, for So Ryong to invite Indonesians to come and visit Singapore. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I, think, I think, yeah, Best good enough. bilateral. Like, I mean, sports is a great way to build bilateral yeah, like, relations yeah. and diplomacy. And I think that this was a great example of that. Like, yeah. you know, beyond the medals, I think this was one of the big stories of the of the Sea Games, and yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, and it made the rounds in Indonesia, Thailand, where my girlfriend stays. Like, her family watched the race, and this made the rounds in Thailand as well. Oh. Like this little act of sportsmanship, uh, wow. it made the rounds in uh, Vietnam as well. Wow. Yeah. Uh. So like now the athletes now when Taiwan opened, like there were athletes from other countries who recognized me. Oh, you're the you're the water you're the water cup oh, boy. Water cup boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're the water cup. You're the guy who gave water. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, even so, in Taiwan, when I was racing in Taiwan, um, the commentary was in Chinese. So thank God I can understand Chinese. I practice a lot because my girlfriend speaks Chinese now. So like if it was um a year or two ago, it may have been different. But um, 
the commentary in Chinese, they were talking about what happened at the Sea Games. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about how um I exhibited like sportsmanship in that race and it was mm-hmm. very, very cool to see uh, like one opponent helping another and they were, and they, they they really like you know in Chinese in Chinese they they really like like talking about you know like mm-hmm. values and, yeah. and, and and these things so or they were saying about how it was an incredible display of an exhibition of um what's really important in our world so I thought that was pretty cool so so but going back to that moment why was it important for you to give him the water like I said I nothing went through my head apart from if, if you race. if you unpack now if I unpack the best and and I can even see myself saying something on camera right to him. I cannot remember for the life of me and I watched the clip. I can't make out what I'm saying to him but I was trying to grab his attention to grab the water. I think oh. hot day. So when you're going through that kind of brutal weather um, safety first line. Yeah. Oh. So, so you, you were at that pain threshold where like you couldn't even really remember what you were saying. And oh yeah. I mean like you saw my lap half a lap later when I passed the finish line. I have five laps to go my face was like that. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Like kind of shaking side to side. Really. So it was primal instinct, lah. Primal instinct. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say so. Um, but I think different athletes react differently in those things, in those scenarios. Like some athletes, the instinct is, oh, he saw your opponent oh, miss the cut, yeah. time oh, to go. Like yeah, you know, like because go. you can inflict a double blow. Like he's probably annoyed that he missed the water, yeah. and then now you accelerate. He's like, oh fuck, you know, like, I need to now I need to deal with this. You can break people doing that. Yeah. But, is it, but I mean, and I wouldn't fault someone for doing that because end of the day, some people prioritize winning over other things, right? And that's fine. That's your personal set of values. Like, there's no rule that you have to help your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe with someone that I really didn't like, I, I would may not have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would, yeah. So, I mean, it just depends on... Um, the context of the situation but I mean I'm glad that you know it was positively well received mm. people seem to have a good impression of that but like I said um, like I said it's, it's probably not something that I can tell you what exactly happened in that point of time because mm. so, so many things were happening in that point mm. of time we test uh, next time in front of Ryong just pretend to take water and drop, <laughs> it. drop. yeah see what <laughs> yeah see what <laughs> So, you know, we spoke to you before the SEA Games and now it's after the SEA Games. How would you say, like, going into it, what you were expecting, what you were hoping for, how would you say it squares up with what happened? I would say that, yeah, like, I gave myself an A for for whatever my performances were. Um, The only A plus was if I had managed to, if I managed to uh, win that 10K, which I thought was a very close race, certainly an A plus. But, you know, you also understand at this point of time, Sometimes you can run incredibly well. Like mm. I think being the only guy to run a personal best in that 10K was like the best I could really do. And sometimes you just get beaten by someone else. And so like Ricky Martin, um, that's his name by the way, it was an incredibly funny name, right? Mm. Ricky Martin <laughs> Luther, like that mm. epic name. Um, his personal best is a lot faster than mine. So he could run like 18 seconds slower than his personal best and still beat me when I ran two seconds faster than my personal best. Oh. Yeah, so it just depends on who shows up, um, how I mean, like sometimes your opponents are just better than you are. That's 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 sports, and you know, but I did beat a lot of people who had faster personal best than me. So, uh, there you have it, mm, <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So that's that's just the way sports works these days. Mm. I mean, not these days, but it's just the way sports works. Full stop. Yeah. I do. I I have a lot. I derive a lot of confidence from the way I perform under very challenging conditions. Mm-hmm. Um. Like satisfying because I didn't just manage to achieve a lot for my country, but I managed to, you know, 
win some supporters and make some new friends from other countries, especially Indonesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend's family in Thailand was very, 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 oh, very, oh, very, very oh, excited. Oh, you champion yeah. ready in their eyes already. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, uh, well, my girlfriend's auntie, right? She stopped her car by the side of the road to watch the 5K on her phone. Wow. Yeah. Oh. yeah so that's incredible. Like, you know, like, and that's when I realized that the attitude towards sports in some of these other countries, like our neighbors, is actually a lot more fervent than what we have back home which mm. I think we did talk about a bit of this in our last podcast yeah. but the sports culture here is in fact in fact, that was uh, we, we cut out that clip and had it on TikTok and it was one of our uh, top watched uh, clips yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. just talking about the sporting culture in Singapore and how it's not exactly the most uh, yeah. most fertile uh, for people like yourself at all uh. yeah. Yeah. if you see the comments you can kind of tell how our culture is like how many comments were like yeah, well, uh, no, we don't even like sports, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, you, you know, just because you, you like sports doesn't mean like everyone needs to like sports. Well, yeah. That's not what I was saying. But. So, you know, on the notion of sports culture, you know, I saw a few posts on LinkedIn. I don't know whether they were Singaporean or not or based in Singapore, but there was that one Cambodian runner that finished last in the race, right? Um, And she was, what, six minutes between her and the second to last. Yeah. She was running in the rain and she was held up as like a champion, like a like sportsmanship lab. But there were also the one the comments I saw on LinkedIn on the post were like, okay, she's like wasting resources lah. Mm. Uh, and like <laughs> like you know, it's it's ultimately the national the taxpayers' money that's selling sending people to this to these games. Is it? Is, should we be celebrating losers lah? Then I was like, oh shit, uh, people <laughs> who post like that. Uh, I need but, to see this. But, but what's your take on... on, on was that? it by Singaporeans? It sounds exactly like something Singaporeans would say, right? Yeah. <laughs> it I think it was my wife who who showed me some that I saw on Facebook. I can't remember, but it was on her news feed. And I was looking at it, like, oh, even if it's not Singaporean, even mm. if it's international, like how, when you saw that, because for me, I think it's like, it's a, it's, it, it's, it's, it's good la, that she she did it. I mean, to run, finish last is never fun. Yeah. Uh, to finish last after six minutes where everybody knows you already lost. Yeah. I think it does say something about, okay, la, you just want to finish what you started. I think you have to look at the context of it, right? Uh-huh. So this is, um, if you go to the Olympics and run like that, then I would say like, oh, yeah, sometimes don't go and hold up the schedule. La, you, uh-huh. you know that you're not supposed to be there. But, you know, look at the context. I mean, this is the Sea Games. Cambodia is hosting it. Cambodia, doesn't really have a good developmental pipeline for distance running mm-hmm. um, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, for, especially as a lady in Cambodia, opportunities to pursue athletics with proper training, with proper facilities, with proper coaching is probably very limited. Yeah. So she's probably, I don't know what is the selection process. I don't know why she's there. But, you know, she's, she's probably there knowing full well that she's going to get beaten by all these Vietnamese girls and, and all these other girls that are way better trained and way fitter than she is mm-hmm. so um, it takes courage to go out there despite knowing that you know she's running 23 24 minutes the, the Vietnamese have are running like 17 16 minutes um, even our Singapore girl um, Vanessa ran 18 minutes so it's like you're way out of your league mm-hmm. um, so and if it was a meet overseas I would say that like, don't send line you know like you, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not in that kind of level why you're gonna send yeah. but you know, I think they were hosting they wanted some home representation they wanted, um, they sent her, and mm. I know, despite, and, and she really had the perfect setting, like, you know, like, you know, when the race started, there was no rain, and then it started drizzling, mm. and then the winner finished, and then it started pouring, 
and then she was in the pouring rain yeah. for yeah. five six minutes. Like a, it was like a drama, K drama, like, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, can play drama. music, and she still she still, still there running. running, and then everyone's cheering her on to finish the race. Yeah, of course the cynics will say everyone's cheering her on to get on with it so that the schedule is not held up. I mean, you have people saying this kind of thing, but yeah. you know, I think it was. And then uh, eventually she received ten thousand US dollars from uh the the leader of Cambodia, the the president or the prime minister oh. of Cambodia, Hun Sen. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, and he said, "Oh, this is a symbol of perseverance, and you know the courage that Cambodian people can aspire towards." Uh, um, the cynics would say that it's perseverance under dictatorship, <laughs> like yeah, <it's> inspiring <laughs> her to to persevere under dictatorship. <laughs> so you see all kinds of these kind of comments. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, they made the best out of a of a situation that could otherwise be spun very poorly. I mean, yeah. what's the other extreme that can happen is she gets labeled a disgrace by her own people and no one wants to see that. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's not uh that's not what these games are about. So it's good I mean, take it what you will, lah, but I mean I'm I'm glad that at least she, uh, an athlete that probably has very little opportunities, managed to benefit from the whole situation. Mm. Ten thousand dollars makes a hell of a difference in a average yeah, Cambodian's life. Ten thousand know? US, yeah. right? US, yeah. yeah. I see, I see, I see. So hopefully hopefully Hopefully, it actually went into her bank account. Lah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I saw that declaration. You know, we've all seen promises that don't get fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I hope that mm-hmm. I yeah. hope that she did benefit from that. And, yeah, in Cambodia, Cam- I mean, like, hopefully these games just spark some sort of... Um, um, I-, I think it allowed everyone to see the progress that Cambodia has made. Yeah. And hopefully, it can inspire even more progress mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, so I mean, you know, now that you have come back from that, you've finished the race in Taiwan, mm. like, what, what are the big things in the next few months that, that you are looking forward to? Um, we do have the Asian Games coming up in Hangzhou, China, um, mm-hmm. at the end of September. Um, my, my, my priority right now is just, you know, make sure I'm healthy again, make sure make sure I, I can train injury-free towards that Games because if you're inj- you can have the best plans in the world, like one injury... And, yeah. and and all and so like even for these sea games, I was very fortunate because I was actually dealing with a hip problem for months. You know, yeah. I I do think that um my friend David Tan, the chiropractor, really helped me with this. Like I was seeing him like twice a week leading into sea games. Uh, I think my there was a bit of hip imbalance in my hip and my like connected to um my the structure, my spine and my my hip. So he did help. He did help with that. Uh, some adjustments um twice a week really did help me like train consistently towards the sea games and you know david was david was very game he even came to cambodia on his own dime say i'll go and support mm. you and because he wasn't accredited by the national olympic council mm. he came on his own dime stayed in his own hotel brought the the massage bed uh, and then mm. like you know like lugged it down to uh, the stadium so be- the day before my race you know, i met him outside the athletes village he mm. set up the table i go on the table mm. and then he adjust mm. uh, and then and then so that he did it once before the 5k and then once before the 10k and then he flew back to Singapore and watched the 10k from Singapore. Oh, yeah, so wow. very thankful to have, you know, like we were, we can we can complain all we like about lack of sports culture in Singapore but there are some individuals trying to make it work. So very thankful mm, to wow. David Tan, my chiropractor, for being one of them and, you know, really helping with that. It was very, very encouraging to see like like the... Because we don't get a lot of support. It's, it's very encouraging to see the support that we do get from certain individuals that really want to see us succeed. Mm. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. So that's, so that, I mean, like, stay healthy. I do have an internship coming up in, in London. So I'll be in London from June to August working in financial crime prevention. Mm. So that's hopefully one step towards my future. So, so there'll be, uh, hopefully you'll be training for the C game, uh, Asian Games during that yeah. time also. We will know by June 12th whether or not I'm on the team. But I've made all the 
objectively, I've met the selection criteria. And it's for what events? I've met for the marathon and the 10,000 meters. I'll probably just go in the 10,000 meters and possibly the 5,000. I'm not too far off the 5,000, so if they allow me to double, I'll do okay. 10,000, 5,000. 10,000 marathon is probably not a viable double. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Mm. I see, I see. Oh, that is Whoa. that is exciting. exciting. So that's in yeah. September. Yeah, but September, so 30th September is the 10,000. 4th October is the 5,000. Yeah, but the level at Asian Games is the next level. I know the the Viet, uh, not the Vietnamese, sorry, the, the Japanese, the Koreans are next level. The Chinese even are next level compared to whatever competition we face in Southeast Asia. Mm. Um, so we know it will be it'll be very exciting. But you know, from Southeast Asia, we we do root for each other when we go to Asian Games, Because like, yeah. it's kind of like you know our our, our combined mm. our combined kampong like going up to the continental yeah. level. So. Uh, I do look forward to seeing the Thai runner Kiran Tuntivate who won the 5,000 against us. Like, I think he is what it takes to challenge for Asian Games medal. Mm, wow. Yeah. Eventually, he actually the last Asian Games he got fourth but then he eventually got promoted to third because someone got disqualified for drugs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I which was, So drugs is, we were talking about, you know, medals and everything but, you know, we have to assess the progress and the performance of our athletes beyond medals like, because sometimes things are really out of your control. Like, mm-hmm. you can perform at your best but, other countries, they have talented athletes taking drugs. You also cannot mm, fight yeah. that naturally. Yeah. Um. So, like, we do have issues with drugs in the, even at the Sea Games level. Some of these countries, they are, they get popped for drugs. Some more than others. Some are state. Some seem to be state-sponsored mm. doping. I mean, I'm not gonna point fingers, but you, you one look, you can tell who are the more state-sponsored um candid- doping candidates. Mm. And then at a at a Asian Games level where the stakes are even higher, more money at stake, that also happens. You have, have state-sponsored doping, you have countries, usually from the Gulf nations, that buy Africans to run for them. Like Bahrain, Qatar, they will sign like Kenyans, give them passports and give them like Muslim names and then next thing you know, they're no longer like Solomon, Kipkita, they're like or Najib da 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 running mm. for Bahrain. Oh. <laughs> or, or like uh, Stephen Chirono, was a world record holder for Kenya. He started running for Qatar and his name became Saif Said Shaheen. Oh, really? Yeah, this happened in the year 2000, 2003. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Wow. Yeah, that's like next level. Uh, next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it, it, was quite, it was quite interesting because his brother Abraham Chirono stopped talking to him. said he was a, he's a traitor to Kenya. He disgra- he's a disgrace on this family. And then Abraham Chirono was in the final against his younger brother. Oh wow! Yeah, and, and that, he and he wouldn't talk to him. Then what wow. happened? Saif Said Shaheen won the gold medal, and Kenya took the silver. Um, yeah, wow. Ezekiel Kamboy took the silver. And there were two what brothers. Oh, no, no, no. Or, uh, uh, Abraham didn't win a medal. Oh, so this oh, was okay, okay. okay. So Saif Said Shaheen was prominently known as Stephen Chirono. Stephen Chirono, two, in the year two thousand and two, I think he set the world record in the steep, three thousand meter steeplechase. Uh. 2003, he went to the world championships. He took the gold medal, and so the Kenyan people saw him as a disgrace to Kenya. Oh, uh, as a shit. as a traitor because he he not he didn't just win but he took a gold medal away from, from Kenya. <coughs> and then the 2004 Olympics. Um, in the Olympics, there's a rule that in the in the last two, three, or four years, I can't remember what the window was, but if you change countries, you cannot compete in the Olympics for your new country unless your old country releases you from this uh, Close, transfer uh, ban. Uh, okay. Guess what Kenya did? They of course didn't allow him to do the Olympics. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so, so he couldn't do it. Uh. So he couldn't. He set out the Olympics in 04 in Athens, and Ezekiel Kemboy won. Kenya got one, two, and three. Wow. Uh, yeah. Then 2008. In 2005, um, Shaheen won again. uh second. And then 2007, I think Shaheen was injured. So Kenya got one, two, and three. And 2008, Kenya got 
first and first and third or first and second, but uh, by then Shaheen was on the downhill, like he was injured already. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. so he, Shaheen never won an Olympic gold medal. He's got world champion twice and world world record. He still holds the world record today. Yeah, he was Ooh. he was quite a legend. But oh. and, and that was the int- and was super interesting because I think they paid him like a million dollars to swap his nationality, mm. a million US dollars. Mm. So. You know, as a poor Kenyan guy, like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it? Even if you were not poor, like you know, they're not. I mean, they're not at the level where their million dollars is like nothing mm. to them, lah. So, yeah, I, I mean, see. he did. He he did well for himself. To his credit, he eventually like he started his own, uh, training group and he funded like a lot of like underprivileged athletes in Kenya to train with him. Oh, so, mm. but these are the harsh realities of sport. Like, you know, like being able to choose things based on values and things are things that you can only do when you're in a privileged enough position to to do these things. So so you know mm. speaking of like getting people to to train and and all that we also know that there's been some developments with the Pokari run, right? Ah yes, okay. Thank mm. you for bringing that up. So yeah. 9 September 2023 we're having the the third edition of the Pokari Sweat Run. Yeah. This year Singapore Athletics has come on board and proclaimed it as the national championships for 2.4 kilometers. Mm. Oh. So I'm going to put up various categories. The most exciting update will be that there's a schools category. So I'm going to invite, you know, like Raffles, Hua Chong, Victoria, all the, all the powerhouses in cross country and track and field to compete in a team category. So it'll mm. be like team squad. Uh, so schools can race each other for the title of like, you know, the, the best... 2.4 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, the best 2.4 kilometer school team in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be mm-hmm. quite interesting. There's also going to be a team challenge, Team Singapore against like rest of the world. So we're going to invite like anyone who is work, all, all these Gukas, mm. all the all the expats from Britain, Australia, whatever, to form a team and race we're against our perform. Singapore team. You know? So it's confirmed wow. 9 September is happening. 9 September is happening, man. So people <laughs> can register already? Yeah, yeah, it's open on the Pukari. So uh, like, really I, I haven't nice. been able to post about it because of the SNLC blackout rule. You can't yeah. like do campaigns for other brands during the blackout period, but I can, I'm going to start soon. Oh, yeah. wow. sick, man. So, Crazy. Pokari Sweat is back. Uh, the 2.4 kilometer race is back. The national championships. Yeah, now it's the first ever 2.4K national championships. Yeah. Wow. So, it's such a it's such a relatable distance, but, but we mm. never really had like an official like yeah. national championship for it. And now it's going to be the first. It's like a oh, national IPBT. National IPBT. <laughs> <test>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the sit-ups the challenge. Don't know where they don't do sit-ups anymore, right? Uh, they do no push-ups. No broad jump. Oh, no standing broad jump. Push-ups, sit-ups, push up, sit up and running. Run. Yeah. Yeah. No more pull-ups. But it's always oh. been two point four. Yeah, always so, been yeah, two point four. Yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. Cool, cool, um, cool. Okay, so so I mean, that we, we've we've covered a lot. Um, we normally end off with our one show thing over the past few days. Yeah. That hopefully you have something that can be shared with our listeners. Uh, we can start first. Yeah. So you can have a bit of a breather to think of something. <laughs> okay. Unless you already have it in your mind. Not yet. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, mine is I just. I think the algorithm on YouTube has been feeding me this uh, Michael Jackson reborn as a Chinese man in China. So there's a street busker who looks, I think of all the Michael Jackson impersonators I've ever seen, like the most uncannily like Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. And he dances on the street of streets of China and people have been taking quite high quality TikToks of him doing it. And it's pretty amazing to watch because it's just a Chinese dude really looking like Michael Jackson. And it's not like AI or anything no. to change your face. Or <laughs> Everything is real and all the moves, all that, like almost just exactly like Michael Jackson and just dancing for like five minutes on the streets of China straight. La. So it's, there's not like, a, you know, any camera trickery or anything. It's just this guy who just probably loves Michael Jackson so, so much. So this was on TikTok? Uh, I saw it on YouTube, but oh. I'm sure it's on TikTok and, and yeah, the millions of views and all. And what's the account name? 
Uh, I can't remember exactly, but we'll put a link in the description for those uh, who watch. Uh, but it's pretty uncanny, lah. Yeah. So, so never before have you sounded about. like an uncle this much, lah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was just asking Tristan before this, like, yeah. hey, you like Michael Jackson? He's like, no, it's not from my time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Michael Jackson cannot cancel already or something, already. Right? I know, I know, but but you know, it's just one of those things you grew up with. And, yeah, like, yeah, like, Michael Jackson, uh, oh, uh, insane. Yeah. Some of my favorite. Uh, his songs are still my favorite. Yeah, Michael Jackson. It's, yeah. You, you just you can you cannot replicate like how, it's so. You just, you just play and then the party starts. My first starts concert with, ever. Yeah, the party just begins when it's music exactly. Plays, not when Tristan is there, like, Not when yeah. Tristan is there. He's like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Why are these people listening to? What why why is he shit? getting cancelled? Yeah. Uh, child molestation. You I know, that was long ago. Eh? But he they, got recancelled. No, there was a documentary with when the adults as adults those oh, ch- child what was it called? came out. I see. Saving or escaping Neverland. Oh, escaping Neverland. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, cool. Uh, my one shock thing is the third season of Barry, uh, which I finally got into again. It's a HBO series about a deadly assassin who falls in love with acting, and it's like a dark comedy starring Bill Hader. Yeah. Uh, the first two seasons were amazing. I totally missed the third season. So when I wanted to go back and watch the fourth season now, which just came out, I realized I had not watched the third season. Mm. So now I'm watching the third season, and it's fucking great. Like. It's damn dark. <laughs> Mm. It's so dark, but Barry. it's on HBO. Yeah, Barry. Last season, right? Uh, I think final. yeah, final, fourth and final. Wow. Uh, yeah. So real. I have two very short things, and they're tied for first, and I cannot talk about one without talking about the other because you will be seen as biased. But mm. um, they are both relating to track. They're both female athletes, and mm. uh, the first is my younger sister, Romaine. Like she's been tra- she's been training hard for many years, trying to break two uh, two minutes and twenty seconds for eight hundred meters. So for mm. context, mm. that's. 7 minute 2.4k pace but mm. for 2 laps la. mm. for for oh. ladies it's a barrier that not many have crossed in Singapore so she managed to do it twice in one day in Taiwan uh-huh. finally after training for a very long time like Singapore Open she ran just nice 2 minutes 20 seconds and she went to Taiwan with me uh, and the team she ran 2 minutes 19 seconds in the heats and then the plan was just to go all out in the heats and she wasn't sure whether she would qualify for the final but she did and her coach told her hey, just go to the final and race again like, like four hours later like you should, like um, nothing to lose and she was like what? because <laughs> she wasn't prepared to run like yeah. two races in one day yeah. and then I mean I look, and then I was like you know went to her room helped her like I said you should take an ice bath uh, I mixed a protein shake with some uh, electrolytes in there yeah. so she sipped on it made a coffee for her she drank and said okay uh, my girlfriend said, I need to take her to a cat cafe. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't keep her at a track all day because I, I didn't know that my sister was going to race again in the final. So I took my girlfriend to the cat cafe um, and then I, I watched my sister's race on the phone and she ran 219 again in the final and got a bronze medal. Wow. Got, like, so we got a silver and a bronze from oh, this family. Wow. Um, so that was very cool, man. You know, um, so uh, to so for someone to see her chasing her dreams for so long and finally getting this, um, it's very satisfying and mm. you know she's trained to the point where she gets injured she's trained to the point where she sacrifices a lot of time with the family mm. or whatever and so a lot of congratu- big congratulations to my sister Romaine and her coach Langovin for bringing her to this standard hopefully one day we can go to SEA Games or something together that'll be super cool mm. Mm. and then uh, but, but this performance happened on the same exact day and if I don't talk about it it'll be seen as extreme bias towards my sister. But Shanti Pereira, she mm. ran 11 point, I think it was 11.26 seconds for mm. the 100 meters. Yeah. New national record. It kind of flew under the radar because it's not at the SEA Games. Mm. And, but people don't really understand how good this performance is because unless you're in track, you, you don't really see that 11.26 seconds, this is knocking on the door of world class. 
mm-hmm. he's knocking on the door of Asian games like medal. Mm-hmm. And not to put any pressure on Shanti whatsoever, but for her to really get to this level is a testament to whatever she's done over the last few months, you know, like going full-time as an athlete, throwing everything into the pot um, of, you know, bringing her performance to the next level. Of course, a lot of credit to those around her who have supported her and making this possible. Coach Luis Cunha from Portugal, who is now our, effectively, our national team coach for sprints. has been mm. doing a fantastic job. If you look at her now, she looks like a professional sprinter. Yeah, she yeah. looks like... Because yeah. in Germany, she broke, broke the national record twice in one day, right? Yeah, so the same as my sister, like hits and then followed by finals. Yeah. Wow. Of course, it's a bit harder for 800, 800 compared yeah. to 100, 100. But Shanti has got to the point where two races in one day, she can... She can go all out in both and like Crazy, score good yeah, it's awesome. in both. So yeah. she's definitely one to watch for the Asian Games. It's been so freaking long since we got an Asian Games medal. And out of the 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 talent pool we have now, she's probably the only athlete from Singapore that can really do that. So, I mean, and even at SEA Games, I think Shanti does fly a bit under the radar because even though she gets two gold medals, people mm. are like, ah, yeah, but swimming, you know, like so-and-so has got five mm. or four or six uh, gold medals. And if you look at the medal count itself, that's a extremely simple argument to make. But to me, it's like, hey, fuck you. La. Like, it's totally different sports, man. Mm. Like, you know, in swimming, you have athletes doing eight events in one SEA Games. In track, in track it's just not possible to do yeah, that many. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, uh, physiologically and based on the schedule, uh, you know, we don't run 100 meters forwards, backwards, and sideways, which yeah. is effectively what, you, what, you, what, you, what the equivalent of what you'll be doing in swimming, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous when I say that. 800 meters backwards. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, it's like freestyle, frog style, I mean like breaststroke, butterfly. Sideways. And I'm missing one, right? It's freestyle, freestyle, backstroke, butterfly, butterfly. and... There's breaststroke, breaststroke, yeah, 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 breaststroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we don't, we don't run like that, right? We don't, we don't, we don't run sideways. Wow. We don't run backwards. Um, so. Um, there, there are, I, I see a fan of comments like they, you know, like oh wow, um, you know, like oh, but yeah, so and so has won more gold medals in swimming, and like yeah, full yeah. credit to our swimmers. Obviously, whatever they do is not easy. Like quarting one sixtieth gold medal or something at the Sea Games. Oh, I mean, that's crazy. that's that's massive. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, you wouldn't see that's not possible in track. That's not possible in football, for example, mm-hmm. where it takes a team of twenty to win one medal. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, whereas like one swimmer can win twenty medals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. just just different. So uh, hopefully I, I do think that and put a case for Shanti, I think she can be please consider her to be like sportswoman of the year for mm. Singapore sports because mm. just don't look at just the medals. Like that, that that doesn't tell the full story. Every sport is different. Obviously you don't look at medal count alone, it's always gonna be a swimmer that's mm. uh, sportsman, sportswoman of the year. Look at the depth of the achievements. Look at what Shanti has accomplished. You know, like SEA Games record in 200 meters. Mm. Now she's run faster than the SEA Games record in 100. Obviously didn't do it at SEA Games, unfortunately. But, mm. you know, going forward, the depth of this accomplishment, this is completely new ground. Mm. You know, before Shanti broke the national record for the first time, the national record was 12.0 something yeah. by mm. Amanda Chu. Yeah. Maybe 12.0 or 12.1. So for Shanti to take that record from our women's record from 12 seconds all the way down to 11.26. And that's like that's crazy. Wow. Three four, like that's three-fourths of the second, which yeah. is an inter- eternity in sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. Almost out of the camera between like 12 and 11.2. Yeah. So yeah, she's by one person, she's taken our standards forward by so much and she's really knocking on the door of Asian class. So yeah, what, very shocking thing to see wow. in track and field. Um, fantastic.
So yeah, approaching the prime now. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed and mm. very excited for the future in track and field. All right. Thanks, man. And Thanks, Ryong, for coming down. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you guys. for coming again. All the best. I'm yeah. sure we'll have you soon at some point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, like um, awesome. Thank, thank you man. so much, guys. Yeah. Okay, thank awesome. You. All right. Cool. See you again. Thanks for listening, everyone.